This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent on everything to do with love, sexuality, identity and more. This week we have a special episode for you, which is why we are releasing it outside of our regular schedule. Now, you might have seen a story that we recently published on The Independent about a woman who found out she was being catfished by her boyfriend while they were in quarantine together. That woman was Karina Mazur, and she joined me to talk a little bit more about her experience and how it impacted her. If you haven't read her piece already, you can click the link in the description in our show notes so you can check it out before listening to this episode. Enjoy the show! Hi, Karina. Hi, Olivia. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm a bit sad because the weather has turned in the UK, but um, otherwise, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. I'm actually in Canada at the moment, um, and it's nice and sunny, so it looks like we're going to switch. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, I was going to ask where you're living now. That must be so nice. So I want to start off by thanking you for writing such an honest and powerful account of what happened to you. Uh, For those of you who haven't read the article, uh, Karina, would you mind just starting us off by explaining how you met Sam? Sure. Um, So I met Sam in January of this year and we started dating and it was a whirlwind romance, um, if a cliche way of saying it, but um, we went on a couple of dates and hit it off really well and things were going very smooth um and then obviously everything escalated with the COVID-19 situation so we decided to be spending time in quarantine together. And did you move into his place or did he move into yours? So we split time between our flats um because my place had more outdoor space and we kind of utilized that when the weather got better um but we were going in between his and mine uh throughout. Okay And so how long were you guys living together until you found his passport? So it was about a month um, into living together that I had been putting away my belongings in one of his drawers and I stumbled upon his passport, which, yeah, I mean, I found it in his drawer and realized that he had lied about his age. Um, By By how many years had he lied about his age? So just by two years, um, it wasn't anything crazy significant. I'm 25 and I saw that he'd said he was 28, but he was actually 30, which definitely set alarm bells off in my mind. Um, But not enough to, you know, think that he could be lying about anything else that was significant. Yeah, I know what you mean, because you find out that someone lies about their age and it's it's strange, particularly, I think, if it's just two years, it's almost like, what's the point of lying about a two exactly. year difference um and so that's interesting so then how from there that was obviously the first red flag I'm guessing so what happened next when did you start getting more signs that Sam might not be who he said he was so I think it's important to say that when you first start dating someone you obviously there are sometimes things that they say or do that might come across as 
red flags as well. And because I was more susceptible to closing myself off emotionally from someone, I gave myself the, you know, permission essentially to trust um, what he would say, what the stories he would tell me. But there were moments when things didn't really line up. Um, it was in living together that I noticed he was incredibly skittish around me. Um, and he, when he would be on his phone, he would always hide it from me as well. And those were things I started to pick up on. Um, and a lot of the time he blamed it on his previous relationships, saying that, you know, his ex-girlfriend was psychotic, um, which I always view as a red flag myself, because I think when men start to speak poorly of their exes, um, it usually indicates there's two sides to every story. So yeah, particularly the word psychotic as well. I mean, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, my ex is such a psycho. That's such a gendered phrase, isn't it? That I feel like exactly. it's really to women. Exactly. Yeah, it's a pretty bad sign. All right, continue. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess that, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, there, there had to be some reason why she had also felt the need to be, quote unquote, psychotic. Um, anyway, and there were other things as well, like he would tell me these elaborate stories or uh, tell me that when he had initially started to date me, um, he was also still, you know, considering dating another person, but he essentially chose me over the other individual. Um, I think that he meant he wanted me to be flattered, but uh, for, my, for me, I just didn't really see the kind of significance of making that sort of statement. Anyway, um, it's a bit unnecessary for you to know that information, really, because obviously he's yeah. whether he's trying to flatter you or not. It's it's almost like it's quite entitled, isn't it? Because it's like the implication is, oh, lucky you. I chose you. I'm such a catch. <laughs> right. And, you know, because on the surface level, he was so incredibly charming and funny and witty that. I didn't really, you know, I thought that he was just joking around, but now that I look back, I think he seriously viewed himself on such a pedestal, which is ironic because, you know, as the story unfolded, um, in my opinion, he's actually an incredibly insecure individual for what he ended up doing to myself and other women. Um, but there was just that kind of nagging feeling in my gut that something wasn't right. Um, and I couldn't place it. And I spoke to so many of my friends and, you know, they said to me, oh, you know, it's trust issues and you've had some previous bad dating experiences, like, you know, like everyone, um, and just go with the flow sort of thing. But it was when I was on his iPad, uh, which we used for, you know, watching Netflix and kind of streaming services that I saw he had a window open, um, which was to a fake uh, burner number. Um, and what that is, just to kind of sum it up, because this gets a little bit complicated, is it's a telephone number that people use as a form of verification for different apps, whether that's, you know, a food delivery app or a car service. Um, it's just a second telephone number that anyone can access online. And that number was linked to um, a dating app called Hinge. And that how is did when, you how did you find out that the the number was linked to his Hinge mm -hmm. account? Yeah, so on the website, um, which is where the number is located, it's literally like a website of telephone numbers. Um, it says the most recent verification codes for the different applications, and I guess that these numbers aren't used by you know an incredible amount of people because 
there was verification codes over the course of a month and there weren't that many. But the one that stood out the most to me uh, was the hinge one because obviously it just, I don't know, I just looked at it and I was thinking to myself, why does my boyfriend have a fake telephone number on a web browser saved and a lot of the verification codes linked to that number are to do with a dating app. So God, so he left, he left this open. He left this burner phone page, which I've never even heard of. I did not know this was a thing. He left this open on his iPad and that's how he came across it. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was uh -huh. on his web browser and I was using it for something else. And then when I saw the tab, um, I went to it. And I, I mean, I know it's not right to snoop through someone's things, but we were living together. I genuinely could have never predicted that going on my boyfriend's web browser would set off a string of events that would culminate to this moment um but yeah it was it was really it was really strange especially because we also didn't meet through hinge um we actually met in a very strange twist of events where he had followed me on instagram and he had reached out because he used to work at a competitor of my employer and he noticed that I worked at uh, the company that was my previous employer and he wanted to go for coffee and discuss my experience working at the company. So that is how we had actually initially met. And then, you know, I, I saw him on dating apps a couple of times, like it just London is actually really small when you um, narrow it down <laughs> to where you live. And yeah, it was, it was, it was weird um but he had always said to me that you know he wasn't a fan of dating apps so i found it strange and i used that number to log into hinge because you don't need anything apart from a telephone number and a verification code really hinge. Yeah. i i didn't know that but wait a minute how do you if you don't have the physical phone Mm -hmm. I'm still very new to this burner phone thing. So you don't have a physical <laughs> phone. You, you use the phone number to log into Hinge. How do you get access to the verification code? So the verification code pops up on the web browser. Oh my God, so it's so sneaky. Is that circle. legal? You know, I don't know. I probably, it probably isn't. I think it doesn't sound very legal. No, I mean, I felt like Sherlock Holmes when I was discovering all of this. But, you know, the kind of, the strangest moment was logging into this account using this telephone number and seeing photos of a man I had never seen before in my life. Um, so so you, you, found, you found his account on Hinge, but they yeah. were photographs of a different person? Completely different person, um, different name, different age. It wasn't Sam. It was a man named Alexander. Um, he looked like he led a really nice lifestyle, um, was allegedly an art gallery owner living in Mayfair um, with um, a passion for Ferraris. So very strange. And I genuinely thought that it was a mistake because a lot of people have access to this um, tele like burner number online. So I thought maybe someone else was using this account with this number. But then I saw that there had been conversations on this account with a couple of people that really popped out to me. And one of those people was um, Sam's best friend, best female friend. And that's when I thought to myself, this is very odd. Um, I mean, it could be a coincidence, but it's just very strange. And when I was looking through the messages 
uh, Alexander's tone of voice really sounded like Sam as well. So I then saw that there was an email account linked to the profile and this was the ultimate eureka moment because I, um, I went and I logged into this email account and I used Sam's Netflix password, which he said that he, in a joke, joking way once, he told me I use this password for everything. Classic. So mm-hmm. many men do that. <laughs> but it worked in my favor this time. Um, and I logged in and I was on an email account of this Alexander and he had all of these accounts linked back to the email from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Snapchat, all of these social media profiles and photos of another man with another man's life, um, living his best life. (laughs) And that's when I knew that it was Sam that had done I have I have a few more questions. Um, so so the photographs that you found on Alex's Hinge profile were mm-hmm. they the same photographs that Sam was using for his this fake Instagram and Twitter account, or were they each different people as well? They were the it was the same uh, photographs across the different accounts, but then it came out that there were actually several identities that Alexander and sorry that Sam had stolen yeah wow okay um this is this is pretty pretty overwhelming for you i'm guessing at the time so what did you do next at what point did you confront him so this was obviously when we were in quarantine together but um i went on my little (laughs) detective expedition when he had um returned home back to his flat for the night just to pick up some more things. It was starting to get warmer outside, so he needed to get some summer clothing. And the, uh, this is when I kind of did the deep dive into what was what was this account. Um, and then when I logged into the email, I immediately, well, called my best friend. Um, and we were both in a state of disbelief. And then I called him and I just said, look, I know everything. Um, I know who you really are. Should I call you Sam or should I call you Alexander? Um, and his reaction, his initial reaction was to say that he had an addiction to flirting, uh, which I found an, as an interesting kind of excuse, but it was just the tip of the iceberg um, when it came to the kind of excuses that he would feed me later on as well. And you know, he begged that I don't get in touch with his uh, best female friend um, because I had seen that Alexander had been corresponding with Sam's best female friend in real life. So this is a woman who you have met, this woman? I hadn't met her yet. Um, I'd heard a lot of her about her and she had heard a lot about me. We both knew of each other but because of quarantine because of all of the ongoing situation um and just the nature of sam's and my relationship really we kind of hit the ground running very quickly but we never had a chance to meet each other's friendship groups um and i'd heard of her and i was looking forward to meeting her but i hadn't met her in real life yet my god so he was he was catfishing someone who he's friends with posing as alexander to what send flirty messages were they quite suggestive messages that you read yeah they were they were very 
of they were messages of like an incredibly sexual nature and you know kind of trying to figure out what um <laughs> sam's best friend what, what kind of things she was into um that sort of stuff and there was one instance where alexander uh sent a photo of um his penis to um his best female friend and we discovered that it wasn't his penis that was sent across so that was fun oh my god so can you tell me a bit about how you started speaking to this woman then the best friend and presume you got in touch with her on did you use alex's account to speak to her no so i messaged her on my own instagram account and i said to her hey look like you need to call me, we need to talk. Um, there's no really way of describing the situation in a succinct message to someone. And we proceeded to have, a, you know, like almost like a three hour conversation where everything came out into the open about both Sam and Alexander. Um, we really fit the puzzle pieces, so to speak, on Sam's, even the lies that he had told me, um, as well as the things that Alexander had told um, the, the woman that was also a victim of Sam's catfishing. And how long had she been friends with Sam for? Two years. Two years? Mm-hmm. And coinciding with their friendship, he started messaging her, um, and he would encourage her to meet up with Alexander in real life. Oh yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so... Okay, so <laughs> I'm so blown away by all of this. Um, I know, it's like a Netflix TV series, honestly. It's yeah. just, it was, and being in the middle of it as well was just very, very chaotic and insane because on one hand, I was mourning my relationship with someone and on the other hand, I was also informing literally hundreds of women about who Alexander slash Sam really was. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
So tell me a bit about the other women you spoke to. Were these women that you found on the Hinge account or other social media accounts as well? So a lot of these were on Hinge and then a lot of these um, I had seen on Sam's Instagram account. A lot of the women had corresponded with the Hinge as well, if that makes sense. So the woman he was matching on Hinge as Alexander, he would then go on to follow them as Sam as well on his Instagram account. So he was using two identities, one being himself, one being Alexander, to speak to these women on Instagram, um, as well as messaging them on Hinge through Alexander. So almost like creating a, a healthy dose or maybe an unhealthy dose of competition with himself. Um, so mm. I had a chance to message all of these women on Hinge and just to let them know that, you know, who they were really speaking to was Sam. And I, you know, I gave them Sam's Instagram account as well. And I told the woman to follow my Instagram account, um, which is kind of like I have a page where I document the trials and tribulations of dating in London. Um, usually it's more funny content than this, but these women reached out to me, followed the page, um, and sent me messages and their own experiences. Some of them had actually gone on dates with Sam in real life whilst still messaging Alexander. Um, it was speaking to these women that we also discovered that Sam had created a second and a third page, um, like Instagram accounts. One of the accounts that Sam had created uh, as another identity as well was um, an account named James with photos of yet another man that wasn't Alexander. Um, and this James account had actually reached out to me before Sam and I had started dating. So that was another kind of shock revelation that I had been catfished by my boyfriend before I had even started dating him. Wow. So do you think that he created multiple accounts to then chat to the same woman from all three or four of those accounts to see which, to like widen his chances or to see which one, you know, the woman was more attracted to? I think it was a mixture of the two. You know, I, I don't really to be completely honest i can't rationalize this behavior i've tried um and i've spoken to him as well at great length about why he did what he did um but again he never really was able to give me a direct answer um that was going to be my next question is how did how did you guys then cut ties and what was your kind of resolution because you know i mean mm -hmm. you just said he wasn't able to really clearly explain why he did it which i can imagine must have been incredibly frustrating for you mm -hmm. So what was his kind of main argument as to this is why I did it? And then, yeah, when's the last time you guys spoke? You know what, Olivia? Honestly, he has never really given a, a reason as to why he did it. I asked him so many times. Um, we kind of reached a conclusion together uh, where, you know, I just begged him to get help because I think that he needed to speak to someone more professional um, and the last time I spoke to him was a three hour conversation about why and what, you know, what is his thought process when he's doing this. And he painted a picture that, you know, actually did really make me feel a little bit sympathetic because he said that um, he has a good side and a bad side. And sometimes his bad side dominates his good side. 
and he can't control his impulse to listen to the bad side of himself. Which, you know, to hear that, especially because I had never seen that bad side, I had only discovered it um, after the fact. It was a it was a real shock because he, I never really had any kind of indication that he had impulses to act in such a malicious and hurtful manner. Um, Did you ever have any contact with his family at all? So actually, throughout um, posting about my experience on my Instagram page, um, one of the people that follows that account has uh, a mutual friend with. Um, Sam's ex-girlfriend the quote-unquote psychotic one right Uh, okay so yes so he um, asked if he could put us in touch and I had a very long conversation with Sam's ex-girlfriend and she's still we still speak to this day Um, now it's more politically enthused conversations rather than about our dating lives But um, she revealed to me her own story, which I don't want to go into detail because it's not my mine. Um, But again, it was it's something that she was also a victim to being messaged by all of these fake identities. She actually had an inkling that it was Sam that was behind those accounts, um, just based on, I guess, her own kind of, you know, adding up certain situations. But, you know, she also had a very uh, difficult and toxic relationship with Sam. Um, And she was the one that reached out to his family um, to say, you know, just to kind of give them a heads up that um, Sam was doing something that wasn't very kind to other people. Um, Since I never met his family, I felt like, you know, I did everything that I could in my power to make sure that other women wouldn't get hurt. But involving his family was kind of a step that I wasn't willing to take. Of course. Can I ask if you ever considered reporting his behavior or if any of the women you spoke to considered it? So I reported his behavior to all of the dating apps that he was on. Um, And also because I was in quarantine subsequently alone afterwards, I did feel slightly worried about, you know, my safety since he knew where I lived. So I did file a police report. Um, It's more just like an antisocial behavior report. Um, I'm not sure what the legalities of and the consequences of his actions would be. But um, again, I think, you know, after everything kind of happened and the dust had settled, he immediately went to delete these accounts. So in order to report him, it would have to involve a lot of the different social networks and dating apps that he was using. Um, So I kind of tried to go my own way and just inform as many women as possible that who Sam was um, and who Alexander was or wasn't. And, you know, if they needed to speak to me, they could. Creating a community of women who have been through this, I think, is obviously an incredibly important thing because then you have that support network. I mean, I can't imagine the impact that going through something like this has had on you. I mean, it hasn't even been that long, has it? It must have been April or something that you found out. Yeah, it was mid to end of April. Um, I mean, yeah, it was very difficult um, to go to go through this experience, but hearing other women telling me that they had either met Sam in real life or that, you know, they had also been 
essentially duped by these fake accounts. It was comforting to know that, you know, whilst, of course, everyone makes mistakes in every relationship, we're all, you know, we're all human, that's part of our nature. At the same time, I didn't deserve this to happen to me, and I didn't see it coming at all. Um, there was no way that, you know, I could have seen it coming. Uh, he was very, very good at what he did, and very good at making you think that he was, you know, head over heels for you as well, I guess. Um, but, you know, He's, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to ask about, um, you know, again, like, like, you're, like you're talking about the red flags and it's, it's easy to miss the signs. Um, and I know that a few of the women you spoke to um, who had been duped by Sam blamed themselves. Uh, yeah. And I, I imagine that's quite common. Why do you think that is? And, and, you know, obviously it's incredibly important to avoid that victim blaming narrative, but why do you think it is that the inclination is to blame yourself when this happens to you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that, you know, we, dating as well, like right now, and, you know, being a millennial and having all of these dating experiences, there are still residual stereotypes that occasionally we think that we don't want to adhere to. So whether or not that's being the crazy psychotic ex-girlfriend or, you know, having such trust issues that you can't trust someone uh, to just be speaking to you or dating you. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, we want, we want to just be able to give people the benefit of the doubt and to allow, let our guard down and be vulnerable. And then when we allow ourselves to become vulnerable and, to let somebody in and then they hurt us in such a way, it's almost like we blame ourselves for letting down that wall. People who have been subjected to catfishing, do you think they are more likely to be women than men? Because there is a lot of conflicting research on catfishing. Some studies say that it's more common for men to be the perpetrators. Others say it's more likely for women to actually dupe men. There's not really a clear mm -hmm. line information on it so what what do you think I mean obviously from your experiences I, I'm presuming you think this is more common for men to do to women I think that you know there's an element of exaggeration that we all do on dating apps whether it's about the way that we look or our height we want to reveal the best parts of ourselves because that's what you know essentially dating as <laughs> the dating mentality has kind of forced us to do um, but whether or not it's men or women I think that you know, men can kind of manipulate women sometimes um, on these apps because perhaps they have a different goal um, and, you know, different outcome that they're looking to get out of the situation. But I think anyone can be a victim of being catfished. Um, it's not even necessarily just in the dating world. It can happen at any given moment. You know, you hear so many horror stories on the internet of people who buy into some form of a scheme or want to help somebody out. Um, again, I think it goes back to that mentality of we're all human and we all, we all are capable of being vulnerable. And sometimes that vulnerability is just manipulated by people that have malicious intent. Um, whether it's men or women, I don't think that it can lie in one camp or the other. Um, there are, are bad people and there are good people. That's just my thinking. So, and yeah. uh, touching on what you said before, because you made a really good point about how you know the dating world at the moment is 
is sort of colored by this artifice anyway, because people are using dating apps and dating websites and you're creating a profile on which it is very easy to lie. And Mm -hmm. whether you're lying about everything or just one or two things, you know, it's, it's incredibly easy to curate a persona. And I think we're actually almost conditioned to do that because not to create an entirely different identity, but to curate the most attractive version of yourself. Yeah. What I mean? So, you know, if you look at the studies that have gone into it, there was a survey from 2015 that found that 42% of people on Tinder already have a partner. And percent of them were already married. So obviously it's easy to be on a dating app when you're already in a relationship. But then equally on a smaller scale, you know, you get people lying about their age, people lying about their height using old photos perhaps that's also a kind of mm-hmm. form of lying isn't it so why do you think people lie on dating apps and websites well yeah I mean again Olivia I think it's just because you know for everyone has different intentions but with dating apps as well there's this instant gratification right when someone swipes right on you when they say like oh you look great in a photo that maybe was taken 10 years ago you still have this like surge of serotonin, I guess, in a, in a way where you feel like someone admires you or likes you or is attracted to you. And I think that we're all on some level, and I don't want to generalize, so I shouldn't say that we are all trying to do that, but I think on some level, people want that you know gratification to be admired, but it's the fact that there's a second layer beneath that, that we have our own you know nuances and the good and the bad that makes us who we are but we try to portray ourselves in a different way so that we appeal to a wider demographic because we want to you know have a chance with every person that comes our way like even my dating profile is so different from the reality of who I am and I've had people say before to me that you know they thought that I was my personality was of something else before they met me Um, the thing is you know how can I have to think, how can a dating app profile ever truly reflect your authentic personality? Because, you know, it's like a condensed version. The the photographs are probably filtered because why wouldn't Mm -hmm. they be? They make you look hotter. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to use filtered photos. Of course, you're going to cherry pick the bits of information that you choose to share and the anecdotes that you choose to put on there on Mm -hmm. an app like Hinge, for example. You know, I mean, is it ever possible to actually be completely yourself on an app? But is it ever possible to be completely yourself on the internet anyway? You know, like you're looking at so many different like websites and social media profiles that are just an extension of a version of ourselves that is how we want to appear in maybe in real life or online, but it's not the reality. Um, I think there's elements of our personality that do come through in online, but it's not always the case, right? So people, they will make their assumptions, but it's the same way that people do still make assumptions about who you are in real life as well, right? And it's just like unfortunate kind of biases that we live with, um, but have been massively multiplied and just blown out of proportion when it comes to dating apps. But yeah, it's really disheartening (laughs) as as a young woman um, um, online. (laughs) Uh, Finally, I just want to ask you a bit about how this whole experience has impacted your view about relationships moving forward are you are you are you looking to be with someone else or has the experience kind of put you off entirely 
you know, it's funny because before I met Sam, I was so happy being single and I didn't even think that I was going to get into a relationship. Um, and it just kind of happened like these things do. At the moment, I can't say that I'm super opposed to, you know, meeting someone, whether it's online, whether it's in real life. Maybe I'm an optimist, maybe I'm gullible, but I like to think that, you know, people, there are good people out there. And even if you have had a bad experience or several bad experiences, it shouldn't define your entire outlook on what could, what you could eventually or who you could eventually meet. So yes, I'm apprehensive and cautious about the future of my love life. But at the same time, I'm also, you know, open to meeting someone and taking them at face value. I mean, I have learned from this experience and I have, and I will apply kind of my learnings to when I next meet someone and perhaps do some things differently myself as well. But I'm not necessarily, you know, ruling someone out just because I'm at them on Hinge or Tinder or Bumble or whatever. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener to this show, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or anywhere else. You can comment and leave us a rating too so that more people can find us. Keep up with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you soon. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.